and hello good people of the internet it is i tommy kelly this is adventures in woo woo i come to you from uh, the wonderful ravensdale forest i'm a bit sweaty today because i had to hike up here i'm still not fully at my full battle fitness as yet but i'm getting there much better than i was the last time i did a video here um something wonderful about this place in that i've been here countless countless times and every time i come i seem to find somewhere new in it like there's a whole new waterfall that i've just found today a whole new area it's almost as if the kind of discovery of the forest is kind of echoed in the discovery of myself Tommy at his most woo there but it's um it's just wonderful it's just so beautiful I was oh, thinking recently or over the last while and I was talking to Finesse and my wife about it uh, that one of the things that when I die what I was thinking of doing was that KLF pyramid thing where you put some of your ashes in the big pyramid that they're doing but another thing that's uh, I would really like is you know those things where you can put your ashes into like a bag and then a tree grows out of it imagine being here and turning into a tree in one of your favorite places in the world i think that would be lovely anyway it's not what we're here today to talk about what i want to talk today about is i suppose kind of my unfolding of whatever's going on to me now um over the last while since that kind of profound utterly profound experience here in, in, in this forest um, a month ago where I kind of reabsorbed or re-recognized the darkness and the child in my life and how trauma had turned them into different things and how that kind of then rippled out into the, 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 my greater understanding of life and myself and all that. I'll, the, the other videos, I'll link them in the description if you haven't caught them. It might make a bit more sense. But what has kind of come out of it, and it's come out of it, kind of my discovery after that, is that there's a recognition of things I've always known that I haven't allowed myself to kind of express or to validate or to, you know, have authority enough to say it. And there's this kind of sense that in an awakening, I suppose, and I think that's what's happening. I, I, I genuinely think there's an awakening experience <laughs> happening but I think it's been happening forever um, I'm just aware of it now um, there's just kind of a sense with, with, when people talk about awakening experiences or whatever is a sense of already knowing this and it's like it, not necessarily a rediscovery it's not like you've forgotten it it's just kind of well it's always been there and you go oh yeah look that's always been there and it's not that you know that it's suddenly you're, it's, you've always been aware of it it's always been there, but for some reason, you weren't allowing it. And I think I understand a bit more why I wasn't allowing it, but first I should probably describe what that is. Well, one of the things, there's many kind of things that have kind of seemed to pop out. There's this sense in me underlying everything, that everything is okay, that everything is okay. And not just like in my life, in, you know, the world, it's just like this kind of thing, it's all okay, even when it isn't. And I can't describe that to you without sounding kind of, I suppose, careless and sensitive to the suffering of the world, or, you know, as if the dispute could be, oh, well, you can, that's all well for you from your privileged position and all that. But that was there in me during the trauma I suffered. That was there with me through the terribleness the great sadness, the heartbreaking, the, the terrible knife. It's not just me and the other end of it going, oh, everything's great, you know, here I am, all sorted now. 
It's the recognition that it was always there underlying everything, but the, the, it was kind of, I wasn't allowed to acknowledge it. And why wasn't I allowed to acknowledge it? Because if I expressed it, the immediate response from the world around me is that you're not allowed to think like that. You're not allowed to think that. You yeah, and then you're handed this big plate of fear. And here's how, you know, to be a good person, you have to fear, you have to have all of these things. And it's not about the sense of okayness or this quality, whatever it is. It's not that it means that suffering is grand and cool and, uh, you know, let spiritual bypasses, you know, it's fine, I know you're suffering, but you're not really, you know, this world is an illusion. It's none of that. It's... Everything's okay. I, I can't describe it more than that. And I w wasn't able to fully allow that because that kind of insight, because I felt like... If other people can't experience that, or other people are telling me that's wrong, um, and there's, you know, you shouldn't feel like that, because having that kind of undercurrent or background hum is kind of, makes you a bad person. So it kind of changed, and so that background hum became a kind of a sadness, because it was a, a loss of this thing. It's, it was like a loss of this sense of connection with all of this, with all of you, with myself. And so there was this deep sense of warning for this loss of this thing. And when I kind of went through that kind of shadow work with my, you know, my tortured self, my wounded self, my inner critic, as it's called in therapy, I really just don't like that expression for it. Um, and, you know, the, the, the child and stuff like that. This huge sadness, well, it was still all there, but it just turned into a huge compassion. Absolute compassion, still as sad as ever but in a very different quality to it. In a very, you know, not the hopelessness, I suppose, disappeared from it, or the finality or the fatality, or the blame, or something, the quality of it changed, the, the, the amount of it didn't change, the, um, I don't cry any less, but it's more profound in, in, in its kind of its sense. And there's a thing that happened, it was actually just happened last night from here, I was, Come out of uh, my D&D session. I do weekly D&D. Judge me if you want. It's amazing. I really enjoy it. Um, I've only been doing it the last couple of months, but it's fantastic. It, it's the, the group of people I do it with. It's just one of the most fun experiences I've had. It's just genuinely side-hurting <laughs> laughter for two hours or whatever it is. But I just came out and said on Discord, oh, we must do some sort of D&D at some point with the group, but it'll be hard to do because the time zones in the Braxis come up and go, aren't we all just LARPing? And I went, yeah, we are. And he, and he sent me a message going, I hope you don't mind me saying this to Braxis, I'm sure you won't. Um, are you going through another one of your, you know, magic is bullshit kind of things? And I go, well, I can understand, you know, why, from what I said that was, but it's literally the opposite. I've been LARPing as a normie <laughs> this entire time. That it's like pretending that this in, these insights, not deliberately, of course. I wasn't doing this deliberately. This is all kind of stuff that expanded out. Like I wasn't going, oh, I have this sense within me that, you know, I'm going to hide and not tell people. It's like I was pushed to the background. I can't even look at that because um, I'm not allowed. It makes me a bad person. I just have the sadness instead. <laughs> um, I was going, no, the LARPing is that I'm pretending that doesn't exist. I'm negating all of my spiritual experiences, all of my awakening uh, points. And I've had so many that I just kind of dismiss out of hand uh, um, because if I said it to, to people, 
not you good people, you'd probably understand me, but if I said it to the people at large and certain friends that I've had, or if I said it to Spud, say, five years ago, it would have been, you don't actually believe that, do you? You know, just kind of, and it's like going, oh, maybe I don't. And I kind of have an issue with giving my truth over to uh, a perceived authority. I've talked about it before. I'm definitely working through that, uh, integrating having authority in myself around truth. And it's, it's allowed me to see or put into context certain experiences I've had in my life that I can now see for what they were rather than degrade them or demote them because they're not something that if I explained to someone else that they would understand or they would in fact lampoon or dismiss or make fun of me for, you know, or be condescending around. Um, my first, very first kind of awakening experience that I remember, I was 17 and I was reading The Wave's End by Alan Watts. And kind of when I have these kind of experiences, to start like over there, off to the far, far right, and it's like a steam train, and you can just go, you hear it, and you can go, oh, something coming. And it's happened a number of times like this. It's not quite, it's not a train, but it's like that. There's this thing coming. And it was creeping up me as I was reading the book, and I go, oh, that's interesting, I can, this is happening. And then by the time I got to the end of the book, it was getting closer and closer and closer until it just engulfed me entirely, absolutely entirely. Um, and this vision appeared in front of me of three levels, um, that I remember it's three levels, but the very first level is really dense, sticky, um, very hard to move in, very kind of sluggish, and this was the material existence. And then it went up one, and it was kind of, it felt like, oh, this is all gone. And then as you moved in, he knows, no, there's still a kind of a, there's a stickiness still, it's much more refined, but it's still there. And then the, to the third, where there was no stickiness whatsoever, it was just pure and utter nothingness, void, whatever, just a uh, pure eater, whatever it was. And I had a wonderful experience, and I, I kind of, I, I assume I did say it to, to either to my family or, to, I definitely, no, I wouldn't have said it to my friends, because I wouldn't have known who would be into this, but... Um, it obviously didn't register with them, not to blame them, why would they register with them, but enough that I, I, I kind of, I just kind of let it go. A couple of years later, I had two amazing bliss experiences that I've never, never had sent, although I kind of had it very similar on um, Saturday, uh, down there with my family, <laughs> down by the waterfall, where I was just, came into, I was living on my own at the time, and I was just came into my bedroom late one night, not even like one evening or whatever, and there was just an unbelievable sense of bliss just absolutely engulfed and surrounded me. And I was just lying on the bed and I was kind of totally so happy, so blessed, so whatever, and this kind of sense of you did it, you made it, you got here. I don't really know what that was. I mean, I could make things out, put things on it, but it, it was like, and that happened twice in the space of about six months. Um, there's a fly here, sorry for that. Um, and there's other kind of experiences, but the one that I had not that long ago, a few years ago, but the seeing how I play a victim in order to, in, you know, to uh, garner love and attention from people, but also as a way to not engage or not stand up for myself. It was kind of like the thing was like going, can't you see what you're doing to me? Rather than just saying it to the people, you know, and so it's just, and that again came like the freight train and just kind of exploded all around me. And kind of these things that, There's a sense from all of these things that I was not allowing them, not allowing their importance. And when I hear other people talking about um, awakening experiences they had, that they, you know, 
made them invincible in the golden white kind of sense. Um, I was kind of like, yeah, I've had them, I, but I didn't draw the same conclusion from you that you did. You know, like I had the blinking of consciousness on and off a number of times. <laughs> I, I've seen what my eyes closed at least three times. Um, I have visions of, um, when I was a kid, I was so scared all the time because if I closed my eyes and put any sort of pressure on my eyes, I would see black and white movie quality images. Well, like, you know, like the 1920s, 1930 movie quality, kind of sepia um, of nuclear bombs exploding and destroying houses. And, and that was for years and constant and it was very scary, particularly because I'd watched far too early to have watched it, The Man Who Saw Tomorrow, which is Orson Welles' documentary in the 80s about Nostradamus and how uh, the world was going to end through this terrible <laughs> 27-year war that terrified me. So there's all this kind of fear, there's a load of things kind of in my brain that, and, that are all connected that if I said them to you probably wouldn't make a coherent type of sentences, but it's this kind of sense of that, all of that oneness, dustness, all of that underneath it was kind of not allowed, hidden, um, I didn't allow it to, to, to do it, allowed to see it, allowed to, uh, in a sense, enjoy it or to let it permeate through my life because I allowed the world, the universe, to hand me this big plate of fear, this big backpack of fear and shame and, you know, you're a bad person if you think these things. Who are you? Who are you to have an awakening experience? What right have you to do it? You know, who do you think you are? you think you're something special? Well, no. Then, I, you know, then you're not having these experiences. Um, I am having them. I've had a mental one recently where I know there's something in me that's also in that tree. There's something in me that's also in you. And it's always been here. And it's been here since the beginning of all time. And as Duncan Barford said to me recently, <laughs> he says, you now know the answer to the cone. What was your original face? What did your original face look like before your parents were born? And I was... It flummoxed me, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, no, no I do. Like, and I didn't, I didn't think I did, but I did. I mean, it just sounds so weird if you haven't had these experiences, I suppose, or if I just sound like I'm being an idiot. And I was saying, it was all because I was talking to Duncan. Duncan's, um, check it. If you haven't read the Baptist Head Trilogy books, do. And read Duncan's other books, The Occult Experiments in the Home and uh, Moral Occult Experiments. And he's a great, song, a, great, a great book around the dark song. And this podcast is brilliant, all of these things. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Links in the, in the description. But I'm saying to him, it's going like, I'm so kind of skeptical about the whole thing in that what I would need is for God to show up and tell me it's all true. And he just looked at me and he went, and that already happened. I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> and that just, that threw the doors wide open to, to, to all of it. And I've just been, I know, blissed out. Not constantly. Like, I mean, I had a terrible Monday. It was an awful form. <laughs> Everything was, I got overwhelmed by a number of things happened uh, Sunday evening together in a very short, safe time. And it, it just... It kind of blew me apart. So it's not like I'm sitting around just blistered all the time, but a lot of the time, and even when I'm not, there's that background. I don't know, I can't describe it. Very happy. I, 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 like, I'm, I notice my behavior has changed in many ways in that yesterday, I spent two or three hours 
maybe two hours working on turbine syndrome for it all to be wasted because it didn't save. Ultimately, it was my fault. I had two um, versions of the same file open, so it wouldn't allow it to save. But that would have crushed me. That would have been proof that the world is shitty and that you know it's out to punish me and hates me and all that. And it was still as terrible. It was still, I still felt the blow, but the quality had changed. And it wasn't, it wasn't a devastating. It was still horrible. It was still a lost two hours of work. It's still a nightmare. But it's, you know, didn't crush me or whatever. So what's my point? The other thing that I kind of, I'm hesitant to talk about so many of these experiences. There was a great one about radiance recently that it, it, the whole bedroom lit up, surrounding light coming out of my heart. And the reason why I don't really want to talk about them is because of that horrible experience that happened where someone took the fixer card, did some magic with it, and said that the fixer told them that they had to pull their eye out. And we make a laugh about this kind of on the, the podcast, Me and Spud, but it, it's horrifying. And I don't ever want to add to the nonsense. I don't ever want to say things that... Because I'm aware all of this is UPG. UPG is unverified personal gnosis. means you've had this kind of experience, and now you kind of demand or you know say that that is what it is to everyone else and demand everyone else you know follow your your, your kind of experience and while my experience of say insights awakening whatever is the word that annoys you the least and um, follow certain descriptions of what other people have it certainly does it doesn't follow the daniel ingram model and um, it doesn't follow the uh, the mind illuminate or at least it doesn't seem to me that i don't fall into those maps in what it is um, it could be just that it's so new to me that I can't recognise it. So new to recognising it that I can't recognise it. Um, but I, it's just that video I did in this forest where I said, don't add to the bullshit. I don't want to add to the bullshit. And I was always very hesitant in saying things because there's so much in magic and new age and spirituality where you can say whatever you want and get away with it. And you can destroy lives. Absolutely. Like you can go, oh, well, if you get this you know, Reiki, shamanic, blue healing, it'll cure you of everything, you know, and you can give up your antidepressants and you can, you know, and this person's done, I know, weekend course or some sort of something and, you know, the, the director's this, without having sorted out their own shit too and, you know, and like, that's just picking on one thing, but there's so much just nonsense that I didn't want to add to it. But it's all unpacking all of these things, personal things where I wasn't allowing it to happen because I'd given my authority away. Not reckon, I'm not allowing myself to recognize these things because it's incongruent with the worldview that we currently have and therefore makes you a bad person if you express it out loud. Um, also, who am I to have an awakening experience? Who am I? Well, I'm a person who's been doing it for fucking 30 years, meditating, well, on and off for 30 years, but definitely hardcore for the last 10 years. I've been reading, I've read every New Age book you can think of. I've read most magic books. And like, who am I? Who am I not to have had these experiences? If I don't have them, then Jesus Christ, there's no hope for any of us. Um, you know, and allow these things. Um, so yeah, my suggestion <laughs> to you, are you LARPing? But are you LARPing in the opposite sense? Are you not allowing your experiences out into the world? And it doesn't mean you have to go out and demand that everyone accept it, or you have to, you know, turn up and be fratter, I'm enlightened as fuck. <laughs> whatever your name is, a soror, I'm as wakened as can be, whatever. Um, but in your own world, in your own sphere, you know, in the part of the garden that you can tend to, and that includes your inner world and you, um, are you allowing it? Are you, are you not expressing yourself fully because you're shamed? 
of what that means or you're not confident enough or you're not you don't feel worthy enough who am I but like you can have that around it's like it's spiritual imposter syndrome it's literally what that's that's what it is and again I'll point out Abraxas said that to me recently um, but it clicked just right there it's exactly what it is it's spiritual imposter syndrome and it's what I had and all of the things that I, I've I'm aware of now the insights or whatever they've always been there always but I'm allowing them or I'm recognising them but the recognising that kind of sounds like I didn't recognise it before I did it's never not been there totally getting to the rambling stage at this point but uh, yeah so good people I, I had a couple of other things I wanted to, to talk around this but um we can talk about them in the Discord if you want us. You can join that up, the Adventures Movement Discord. Um, Spud's off again this week, so there's no podcast this week, but we'll get back on it next week. And, uh, yeah. May you be illuminated. May the dark places of your soul finally get the light. And uh, may you then, in turn, shine your radiance and illuminate all around you um, in this wonderful garden that we have. Good people of the internet, may your best days be ahead and be well.